What's up everyone and welcome to episode 143 of the Justin Inside podcast, a show where we talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and find out what makes them tick. Um, been a while guys, how is everyone? I hope everyone's well, everyone's having a, a cracking start to the year. Um, for those who are unaware, I've been away for the last three weeks with the fantastic gender roles. Um, if you're sort of unaware of who I am, uh, my name's Tim Birkbeck, I'm the host of this podcast, um, but as of 2020, 2020, forgot what year we're in then, um, I am a full-time tour manager, tour driver, photographer, freelancer, writer, podcaster, whatever you want me to do, I will do it. Um, but yeah, that's coincided with me going away for a bit, so this podcast has sort of been a bit sporadic so far in 2020 but we're back and we've already got a few interviews in the can for the next couple of weeks before I disappear again um, and a couple of interviews coming up as well which I'm really really excited about um, but yeah just wanted to to get back into the swing of things um, before we get into the discussion with this week's guests uh, for regular listeners of the show you will know there's been a bit of a tiresome wait for it, but it's finally here. Um, we've branched out the Justin Insight brand and launched an Insight magazine. Um, the first issue is now in my hands. Um, it features interviews with uh, Life of Agony, uh, Ithaca, Dawn Raid, Frail Body, uh, as well as loads, loads of more. Uh, you can check all that out by visiting an Insight on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and so on and so forth. Um, and you can order the first issue if you visit justaninsight.bigcartel.com. Uh, it's only £3, which in my opinion is an absolute bargain. Um, and I just want to say a massive thank you for everyone who has purchased so far. And yeah, it's exciting to finally have it in my hands and have it ready to, to give out to you guys as well. Um, issue 2 is already very much in the works, as is issue 3 actually. Um, kind of putting the groundworks into that one because issue three is going to be a bit of a different one to the first two so i'm already mixing things up and i've only just begun but hey that's what i do um but yeah apart from that not a whole lot as i say we've like been away for three weeks with gender roles the tour was absolutely incredible uh a couple of hiccups here and there with the van but you live and learn um but the guys were absolute sweethearts and it was just so much fun all the shows were really cool uh the german shows in particular were particular standouts um made some new friends in a band called linguinada so if you're unaware of them go check them out as well um but yeah i'm just kind of catching up up on everything at the moment um you may be able to hear my my other love of wrestling uh currently catching up in the royal rumble at the moment uh almost at the men's match just watching becky lynch and Asuka so yeah we've got got that going and just yeah as I say kind of getting back to reality before heading off on tour again in two weeks which is exciting um I'll tell you a bit more about that in next week because I don't want to blow my load in one go uh so to say but yeah we're back and that's the most important thing so Sorry for the delay if you've been waiting, but thank you very much for, for waiting. If this is your first time with the show, welcome. Um, if you're a long-time listener, thank you for, for coming back. 
I'm going to stop babbling and I'm going to introduce you to my guests. I've mentioned them about seven million times already in this intro, but my guest on this week's podcast is none other than guitarist and vocalist of Gender Roles, Tom Bennett. Uh, this was recorded in the van uh, at the venue in Heidelberg. Uh, we discussed Tom growing up in Northampton, uh, how he actually kind of started out and, and sort of studied drums. That was kind of like his instrument of choice. Uh, rather than guitar surprisingly um, how kind of the move to Brighton was kind of like the big sort of awakening kind of for, for him in terms of like discovering bat, like playing in bands and so on and so forth um, and just kind of the expansion of gender roles how they're since sort of praying things have kind of skyrocketed them guys and it was really nice to kind of see they're like I've only met the guys on this tour but it was really cool to be out with them and sort of see the reaction that they get from fans it's like I've seen that kind of with the other bands that I work with but not quite to that level in the fact that people were so desperate to kind of hang out with them and meet them and chat with them get pictures and get stuff signed and so on and so forth so yeah that was really cool um we kind of touched upon it a little bit in in this conversation but yeah I'm going to stop babbling on, enjoy the chat that I have with Tom, uh, and I'll see you on the other side. Cool. Uh, sat in the van in Heidelberg, Germany, with guitarist and vocalist of indie punk's gender roles, Tom Bennett. Tom, we're in Heidelberg. We are, mate. This is the first podcast I've done in Germany. Ah, oh, nice. Yeah, we so. cracked it. So I've done France, Germany, Czech Republic, and I think that's it now. And now Germany. And now Germany. Nice. So we're going international. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you for, for taking some time no to do this. I'd usually ask how you're doing, but I've spent the last couple of days with you, so there's no point in me doing <laughs> you that. You know exactly how I am. Exactly. <laughs> um, but how I go to start these every like episode is to kind of take my guests back to sort of their roots, their origins, so to say. So what was the kind of jumping in point for you in terms of alternative music like what kind of got you into that sort of thing mm. so my older cousins um uh, ross and uh, i'll call him pub um they always sort of listened to that and we always used to watch kerrang on a saturday right um and so it just kind of stemmed from there really just hearing hearing bands like i don't know slipknot and yeah, yeah. linkin park and papa roach and all that sort of stuff i think that's where i really got into it so was it sure. a case of like they were sort of watching it and you were there sort of thing like yeah like our um so my oldest cousin would like have cds on his like portable player okay and like he just like sneak some headphones on me and like show me <laughs> and and then yeah just like get up really early before everyone else in the house and, uh, and just watch kerrang for cool. hours and hours <laughs> so like was there any sort of like specific bands that you were sort of drawn to like at that point in time linkin park for sure yeah the definite like hybrid theory yeah like yeah. that album. i remember getting that for my 11th birthday as well and being absolutely stoked about it um, Slipknot, their first album, I think it's self-titled, like the barcode one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. Um, yeah, like Papa Roach, P.O.D. Yeah. Bit of P.O.D. Yeah, P.O.D. Uh, yeah, or like that sort of new metal era, I think, like early thousands, that sort of so, thing. So, like, had you kind of had an interest in music kind of prior to that, or was sort of like the Kerrang era sort of thing, like where you sort of discovered what you were like into musically i think both so i i'd played music i've played music since i was about seven ish like played bass and guitar a little bit and like 
tinkled around on a piano. Yeah. Like my dad's a musician as well, so if I went to go stay with him, we'd always end up doing music stuff. But okay. he was more into like 80s romantics and funk at the time, right, okay. so I had a lot of that. And my mum's like uh, ABBA is the best way to describe her. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's that sort of music. But my um, like my grandparents both sung in choirs, so there's a lot of music around. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I got I got really into like practicing it and like learning the instrument and then by the time that I'd started watching Kerrang I was already like into music and yeah. then that was like oh that's the one I want to do yeah, like, yeah, yeah yeah so you kind of from I guess like the evolution from sort of like Linkin Park and and stuff like that what was kind of because I always find like that's everyone's sort of especially kind of our generation that's yeah. everyone's kind of like jumping in point for sure but then there's certain bands that people sort of latch on to so like for myself it was like comeback kid and have heart and stuff like that nice. so what were the bands that you kind of like gravitated to that you found off your own accord trivium was definitely one of them okay for was, sure was not expected yeah that. yeah um I, th- I think i remember finding that and being like oh i can i can find music now like, yeah, yeah i should just like keep searching and shikari was one yeah it was one of those ones where um like when limewire came out yeah like yeah, i yeah, found yeah, it yeah. through there and it had like it was like the dodgiest recording ever um i found them who else was there I'm trying to think now. Corn as well. I remember finding Corn for the yeah. first time and thinking that was like crazy. Just like the vocals and like it was really different to everything else. Yeah. And yeah. I think that like finding those bands and like being there being so different, it was like, oh, there's so many more like different places I can look or there's yeah, so many yeah. other bands that I can get into and that sort of thing. So then in terms of kind of, you've mentioned briefly like playing sort of instruments from sort of like a young age. Yeah. So like and obviously saying having sort of music in the house and things. So was mm. that something that was kind of instilled in you that like music was something to sort of be desirable, or was it just something that kind of you found an interest in and picked up? I think it was, um, especially when I'd like stay at my dad's house. It was like there is stuff there. If yeah. you want to go do it, we can totally go do that. I'm into it. Yeah. But equally, if I wanted to just like sit around, that was that was totally fine. I don't okay. think there was ever like a push yeah, yeah, to like yeah. get into it. But I think um, I think like my mum and my dad were like really stoked that I did get into it. Yeah. And um, yeah, to go from from there to now, I think they're they're really happy that I stuck with something and like yeah. got better and hopefully anyway, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like just uh, just went with it. But it was never it was never like. Um, you know, we all do this, or like yeah, we're yeah. we're all good at this. So like, you you probably should as well. You'd probably be good at it. Yeah, Like yeah. it was just if 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 you want it, it's there. So was guitar always kind of what you were you were sort of leaning towards, or did it you used kind to be drums. With... Okay. So I um like that's what I studied at uni as it well. It seems to be like a lot of people kind of go drums first and then sort of find something else. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's because you can sit down, smack it, and it makes a noise. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it's just like you can you can like find your way through. And um, it's what I ended up studying at uni was drums. Okay. Um, but I'd all, I'd played guitar and like melodic instruments before then, so I think right. they just kind of came along with me, and I just always picked something up and always like dabbled with it. Yeah, yeah. So like, so was drums kind of like I guess the first kind of proper instrument, or had you sort of? It was the first one where I, I wanted to like really learn it. Okay. Rather than like do it by ear or like try and learn a song, it was like how do the drums work? Like yeah, yeah. where does my leg go at this yeah, point yeah, in time? Yeah. Um, so I think that was the first one where it was just like had to focus really hard on it rather than just pick it up and enjoy messing around with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think from learning drums, that's helped me with like so every other instrument, like the rhythms of it and like yeah. how things cross over and all that sort of thing. So then like in terms of like you playing guitar, was that just something that you'd kind of dabbled with and then just sort of got 
better at over time and then it's just kind of stuck pretty much yeah, yeah. so it was just I, I'd always just play that in the background always like to like messing around because I've always used like loop pedals yeah since I was like young because um only child like single parent home sort of thing yeah, so yeah. it's mainly just like going around and looping yourself and I got like <laughs> yeah. really good at that and I think that helped me like learn chords and that sort of thing and then when it came to up to now it was more like I'd written songs how I wanted to write them and it was like well I can probably find a drummer that wants to play drums they would like yeah, but yeah. I can't find anyone to do it like how I want on the guitar yeah so I just picked up and went for it fair enough yeah and then so in terms of kind of like progression on from I guess um like the sort of like discovering of sort of like your own music and stuff like you mm-hmm. sit I think you grew up in Northampton is that correct yeah that's right yeah, yeah. so was there kind of like much of like a scene there like how did you kind of get mm. discover like the more kind of DIY sort of world of things I think in Northampton there, there wasn't a scene in terms of you'd go to a place and watch a show yeah there used to be a place called Soundhouse um, which is like near the Labour Club but it got shut down and turned into a weed factory by the way just jokes but I went to go see like my first couple of shows where you know you went by yourself when, yeah, with yeah. your mates that's where we went I saw Shikari there as well when I was like 14 um, but there wasn't a scene but there was like a massive group of people that wanted one yeah so it was more like you just hang out with those people and they'd, they'd tell you like oh this new band or oh, you haven't listened to this you need to listen to this um, it's more like that stand at the top of the street with a slipknot hoodie on yeah, and like yeah. near a KFC or something like yeah, yeah, yeah. that was probably the Northampton scene for quite a okay. while <laughs> um, but they were they were like those sort of people back then just just gave me so much and it was just like I got to pick and choose and, yeah, and go yeah. through get a real big variety and I think that kind of shaped who I am now yeah for sure so were there like were you sort of playing in bands in Northampton or was that not until sort of later on not really so I played I played in a couple bands I was a vocalist in a metal band once sick which is hilarious um I played guitar in a metal band once um but like I never played I'd never played I never played a show sorry I did do like a um, an acoustic thing for a while, but because I left Northampton when I was 16, it never really got to the point where you know I was either good enough or knew enough people that I wanted to start a band with. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. really until I moved to Brighton that I got into like actual bands. Okay, so in terms of kind of like I guess like shows and stuff, you said mm-hmm. that there was obviously like the little venue and, and things, but like what were the kind of like the first shows that you were going to that you sort of like I guess kind of like aspire to like you saw and thought oh that's something that i can kind of do sort of thing oh that's a good question i think the i'm we're talking so much about inch it's crazy <laughs> that's fine. but um the the show that i went to there because i was i was at an age where i was getting really into that sort of thing fringe was getting longer yeah, yeah, yeah. myspace background was crazy <laughs> yeah. um it was it was a friend of mine who was like a, a couple of years old. I think he was like 17 at the time. But their band opened for them. Right. And I'd hung out with him like the day before and the day after. And like to see him on stage with a band that I was like yeah, really yeah, stoked yeah. to see, I was like, well, if he can do it, then I can do it. Yeah, like, yeah, for yeah. sure. I think those those smaller shows back then, and then going to like a few friends' bands at that time as well, um, and just seeing everyone have loads of fun. Um, it's like any any sort of house show, small show vibe. Yeah. When you go, it's just like this is so jokes. Like yeah, I yeah. want to do this all the time. Yeah. Um, and I think that really helped push the idea of being in a band, especially more just because you want to have the fun they're having, not even to produce the music, just you want to have loads of fun. Yeah. And in terms of kind of like when you were sort of 
like you said, played sort of guitar in a metal band and things like that. But mm-hmm. like when you were sort of looking to kind of get into sort of playing music more yourself, mm-hmm. because as you said, sort of doing playing drums and stuff, yeah. like dabbling in other instruments, was it a case of I just want to do whatever, or had you kind of had a thought in your head of like, oh no, I want to play guitar in a band, or I want to play drums in a band? Like, what was your sort of train of thought? I think it was more because of where we were, because Northampton's shit. It was uh, <laughs> a, a really good friend of mine, Sam. He um, he's kind of the main reason I went to Brighton to study music because he did it the year before I did. Right. He's um, in a band called Physics House Band now. Oh, they're, sick! Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. They're amazing. Um, but I think he really started showing me like this is this and that's that, and you can do loads of stuff, and this is weird music, and this is not weird music. Um, I can totally forgot what the question was. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about Sam. Just like what was there any sports of like Oh, like, which one I should yeah, do yeah, sort yeah. of thing. It was more um that's where I was going. So because yeah, Northampton's rubbish and it was more like if three people asked you to be in a band and they were playing guitar, bass and drums then you were gonna do the vocals yeah, or yeah, play yeah. another guitar sort of thing. Whereas if they were missing a drummer, I was like, I'll do the drums like yeah, yeah. just wanted to join in, I think. Yeah. I think that was mainly it. And like in terms of sort of like the vocal side of things mm. was that something that again that you kind of wanted to pursue or was it just a case that you were sort of put in that situation where as you say like a band needed a vocalist so you were like i'll give it a go yeah i think it was i think it was more give it a go but i've always been a a bit of a show off and a bit of like <laughs> a, i want to be at the front like yeah, everyone yeah, look yeah. at me sort of thing so i think that had a little bit to do with it as yeah well, for sure fair enough um and in terms of kind of like i guess before we get to like you going to Brighton and mm-hmm. sort of that kind of evolution, like it sounds like a lot of what you were doing in the early days was kind of like metal centric sort of thing. Quite heavy, yeah. Yeah. So like when did that kind of like merge to not obviously quite what you're doing now in gender roles, but mm-hmm. was there like an obvious change or was it has it just sort of like been a seamless transition in your mind? I think it was uh, is this it by the strokes. Okay. I think uh, when when I started hearing that sort of music, because I th- I kind of missed the very start of that, but my cousin um, Rob was really into it, and he was always more of the indie kid, and I was more yeah, of like yeah. the scene kid type of thing, and we'd meet in the middle somewhere. But um, I think the older I got, and because I was getting so much of that music, I, I kept trying to remind myself there was other stuff, and yeah, yeah, so yeah. just to make sure I wasn't like just getting pigeonholed, um, and I think. I don't think I really transitioned out of that phase until after I left Northampton properly, but a lot of it, like early indie music, really sort of inspired me as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just because it was it was something else to listen to. Like, yeah. You can only hear like ten thousand breakdowns a day before you need like a little <laughs> yeah. twiddly line. Yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think uh, I went I went pretty much up to the point where I left with the, with the metal stuff, but. There was definitely a lot of early indie, like when Arctic Monkeys and that lot came out. That yeah. was like a big deal in Northampton, so I think people really got into it then. Yeah, and just to kind of go completely off topic a little bit, and it's just because it's something you mentioned whilst we've been in the van. You said you wanted to be a chef. Yeah. Where Where did that come from? It was because um, when I lived with my mum, uh, one of the first things I ever made was a curry. Okay. And uh, I think I was like, I was really young to be like having a go at it, but I was like adamant that I was going to make a meal and, and she was going to eat it and love it. <laughs> yeah. So I think, um, and like I used to, I used to have cooked quite a lot at home yeah, yeah. and that sort of thing. I think I just liked the idea of, again, it's probably more of a show off thing now. I think about it, just being like, look, I made you this great food, like eat it. Um, but yeah, that was my, that was my first thought in life. So it was like, I'm going to cook food all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you still 
cook quite a lot or not? I do. I cook a lot less because my girlfriend's better. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, but when I can, I, I do like to cook. Yeah. It's like it's quite my um, it's like my switch off thing at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I can yeah. get it for now, and I can organise it, and I can like make something cool. You got a speciality dish? Ooh, I'm really good at um, I call it vision chips, <laughs> which is like um, like beer battered tofu. Yeah. And like homemade chips and mushy peas and stuff. Sounds pretty Love good. Love that. That's really good. Cool. Um. So then, in terms of you, kind of like leaving Northampton mm-hmm. you said 16 yeah so what did you go straight to Brighton or were, was there yeah. like an interim no so I finished um, GCSEs I guess in the July August time and I was in Brighton in September so was there any particular reason why you wanted to go to Brighton well yeah because basically I um, I auditioned to go to BIM the right, music okay. place um, and I auditioned there in the April I think so while I was still at school um, and they said, yeah, you can you can come after GCSEs. You just have to do like a diploma year first, yeah, and then yeah. you can do the uni course. So um, yeah, as as soon as I could go, I wanted to go. I just had so little love for Northampton at that point. Yeah, yeah. Just like ready to get out and ready to really get into music and find musicians and be in a, a much cooler place. Yeah. So. so like in terms of kind of like Brighton itself, was it kind? Of, I guess because. Like you've discovered like that sort of vibrancy once you're there, sort of thing. Totally, yeah. So, but was that something that kind of swayed you, or was it a case of, no, I want to do the course. Mm. This is where it is, or was Brighton a bit of a swayer? It was none of it really. It was more like my friend Sam went to BIM, and I was like, oh, you can do that. Cool. Well, that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, yeah. I'd never. I've been to Brighton once, I think, before I moved there. Had never looked at other unis really just was like that's the first one fuck it i'll take it it's a way out <laughs> yeah, like i'll yeah, go yeah. i'll go um and then yeah went down they did the audition and they were like yep yeah, you can come and then literally on my calendar i was counting down the days every single day just uh didn't enjoy school went to an all boys sports science school which obviously don't fit in very well there <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah when as soon as it was ready i was like packed all my stuff and ready to go that's definitely cool. so then in terms of like bim itself mm-hmm. how did you kind of find that experience because i think like I don't know. It might just be my perspective from like an outsider, but mm. everyone that kind of goes to one of these sort of music like unis or like music tech colleges or whatever, like when they kind of apply, they have this grandiose view of the oh, I'm going to make it in the music biz and all this sort of thing. So, like, did you kind of find it quite difficult? Did you did it live up to expectations? Like, how was that kind of world? It was, I, to be honest, I didn't really know what to expect. What I had in my head was that I was going to go there and I was going to learn how to do things and they were going to give me options outside of that. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought at the time, but when you're 16, you don't fucking know anything. So it's just <laughs> yeah. like, um, it was good. I really enjoyed it. I liked the structure of it being like school, having just left school. Yeah. But it was everything that I wanted to do. Yeah. Like, in the, especially in that first year. Because the first year is really the one where you just... You get to kind of fuck around and yeah, they're just yeah, like, yeah. here's some cool stuff. Let's all get into it. Um, but I think the more that time went on and probably just me getting a little bit older, it just it wasn't the right place for me at that point because it was mainly like, this is how you get on Radio 1. Yeah, yeah. And this is, you know, this is how you be a session player and a sea of one million session players. Yeah, yeah. And, and that wasn't really what I went for. I just wanted to really learn the instruments and like learn the theory and all that sort of thing. Um, but I think being there sort of changed how I thought about it anyway because I was surrounded by so many talented people 
and like everyone that already knew their shit like i barely knew anything when i got there but there was people there that were like you know already incredible musicians by yeah, the time yeah. they arrived so being around that really like sparked everything and i could just go back to like back to my house and and start to actually write music that i wanted to write rather yeah. than just really trying to get something down it was like oh i know kind of what i want now yeah because i'm around all these people that can give me advice on how to do it um and i think by the end of it it was more the experience that i got from being in that place at that time outweighed the the qualification yeah like, yeah yeah the bit of paper sort of means nothing to me now because it doesn't help me in day-to-day life yeah, really true um but being at be there at that time at that age for that long was like exactly what i needed to like give me the push and be like right cool get on with it now yeah yeah and like in terms of because you said like you did drums while you were there and, yeah and obviously jordan's now using your kit yeah <laughs> like so do you kind of miss playing drums do you still sort of dabble and play a little bit or are you kind of glad that that chapter's kind of at an end so to say yeah i know your question um i think if i had time to play drums i would yeah um even just to like go to a, a practice space and and just have a dabble again yeah, yeah um i do miss it sometimes because i find that for me there's less pressure with a percussive instrument yeah. because I can I know rhythms I'm good with rudiments and that sort of thing um, but when it's melodic it's it's so like subjective yeah. do you know what I mean like you can have like a, a drum beat that people don't like but it still makes you move your head yeah. whereas <laughs> yeah, if you play yeah. a chord that people don't like it's like it's a game changer yeah, yeah. so I think I miss that of being able to sit down and no matter what you play it's going to fit with whoever's jamming yeah. um, but I don't know I'm I'm really enjoying playing guitar now yeah. For sure. I think since we've been touring for so long and like writing together for so long, I think I do like that part. Yeah. For sure. And I think I've got a lot better because we've played so much. Um I think before I probably would have gone back to drums pretty quick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I was like I was pranging so hard about it, but yeah, I think I'm at a point now where I'm comfortable with the instrument and I think I f- I'll feel like I do about guitar like I do about drums soon where it's just like I feel comfortable in a jam setting or yeah, like, you yeah. know, a writing session that sort of thing. Yeah. So then you mentioned as well, like it wasn't until you kind of got to Brighton that you sort of started kind of playing with like more musicians and sort of, I guess, getting in sort of functional bands, yeah. so to say. So was there kind of anything like before gender roles, like that you kind of consider of note that was like a sort of a band that, I don't know, recorded an EP, did a little tour. Was there anything of that that you like are particularly proud of? So, <laughs> so the only thing I really did before gender roles was a band called Pirate Sky. Okay. Um, and I was drumming in it at the time, and it was very more of the indie rock kind of lighter side. Right. Um, it was somewhere between like Libertines. Um, in fact, it was just very Libertines. Thinking about <laughs> it. <laughs> um, but I, I really liked that, and that taught me a lot about. Um, dealing with people in a venue i think right, that was okay. the first point that i'd ever spoken to a sound engineer and met a rep or yeah, you know yeah. tried to get paid um yeah having not been paid like yeah, yeah. it was the first time i sort of encountered those situations and i think that was really helpful we did we were in that band for like maybe two two years so did you t- sort of tour at all or was it just sort of more no like it local was stuff? it was very sussex right yeah, yeah, yeah i think yeah. i think we went as far as haywards heath yeah um, but it was mainly Brighton shows, and they were all, we were all at uni together. We were all at BIM, um, so it was like a very BIM band yeah, type of thing. Yeah. But um, 
yeah, I think having to deal with those situations early on is, is really good because it teaches you a lot and you kind of know what to expect and you know what to like push against yeah. and all those sorts of things. Um, but yeah, Generals is my first... I don't want to say real band because I feel bad for everyone else. But, <laughs> um, my first band that we've really taken seriously, we've actually done tours and yeah, yeah. and that sort of thing. So in terms of, like, I don't want to go through the whole, like, oh, how's it, how did Gender Oz form? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But like, in terms of your kind of, I guess, positioning then, mm-hmm. like, because if you're going from being a drummer mm-hmm. to being the guitarist and main vocalist, mm-hmm. like, was it just a case of like, that it was something that you were working on and those pieces came together like how did you kind of i guess slot into where you are now sure so i was living in brighton from 2009 until about 2014 15 i moved home for a, a small period of time for about eight eight nine months and then came back and basically during that time i moved in moved back in with my mum um, and I just had all of like more, all of my stuff from the the last six seven years I've been living in Brighton. Yeah. Um, and it was more the case I just wanted to write songs. Uh, by the time I'd left, I met a lot more people that I'm friends with now. Mm. Um, in quite a short amount of time actually, and they were all in bands, and it was the first proper like like DIY like house show punks yeah, time. Yeah. That was the that was kind of the first point I'd I really got into that. And uh, it was a, a friend's band, actually. It was a, a band called The New Tusk and a band called Broad Bay. Yeah. And um, and just going to the, those shows all the time, it was like the music I'd got really into at that point was like really similar. And when I, when I went back home, I was still listening to all that sort of music and started writing with the guitar and like messing around with some pedals. Um, and then just, just started to really get into the habit of like writing vocals and writing lyrics. And then by the time I, c- I came back to Brighton, I had maybe four or five songs all guitar parts, all the vocals, yeah. everything done. And it was more like, no, I'm, it's like I was saying before, it's like I wrote it how I wanted to write it and yeah, yeah. I'm just going to do that now. I'm going to play guitar for a bit and maybe come back to the drums at some point. And then, um, yeah, that was it really. Just went from there. Yeah. And then in terms of kind of like when sort of gender roles did fall, hmm. like obviously the sound that we have now compared to sort of like the first DPs, it's like it's similar, but there's obviously progression. Yeah. But like, was there kind of a, a blueprint of like what you kind of had in your head, like what it was going to sound like? I think I did originally when I was writing the songs. I had a really clear vision of it, but then as soon as you put two other people in there, yeah, yeah, you know, that's that was really the big change. It was like, oh, other people have a style, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, other people want to bring something to the table, and and that's what really changed it. But to be honest, I don't think any of us knew what it was going to sound like until we finished that first EP. Yeah. Because then we could sit in the van without anyone playing, all just listening and going, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. This is this is the type of band we are. Um, which was which was a really weird experience. I remember the, when we were driving home, because we've only ever recorded with Ian Sadler at Emmeline. And the first time we left, I remember us just, just like sitting in the van with it on repeat because it was only like four, four or five tracks. Yeah, yeah. So um, we listened to it a bunch of times on the way home and we were like fuck it's so weird to be able to actually listen to it and and know what it is now yeah and yeah i think that sort of led into the second ep where you know some songs had not been recorded the first time and we'd saved them so we kind of knew how it was going to sound and we had some points where we were like oh you know if you drop out for a minute maybe we push this to fill the space and we started really thinking about that and and what how changing parts and how changing the writing methods would um, would sort of mess with the sound, and then when we did the album, we we knew what it sounded like. Yeah. We knew what we were sort of going for. Um, we didn't finish writing it until we got there, 
but we kind of knew what we what's gender was like there's a yeah, there's a yeah. certain thing where it's just like it's not quite it's not quite that's a gender or something like <laughs> yeah. you know I mean? there is a sort of a set sound now i think yeah yeah and in terms of kind of like um i, I don't want to say sort of like master plan sort of thing but like, sure. like i guess like from day one you've always been like a very active band yeah. like in terms of like being on the road jumping on whatever shows you could like from the early days sort of mm-hmm. thing so was that like a collective thought pattern of like no we want to push this like straight off the bat or was that something that just kind of came naturally that people were sort of asking you to do more shows and then it sort of like snowballed from there i think i think a little bit of both i think when we first started playing shows it was all our mates that were putting them on yeah and they really liked it as soon as we brought it home so it was the case that you know every time a mate put a band, a band on or anytime a mate put a show on it that we'd get asked yeah, or yeah. we'd just we'd constantly harass everyone and just be like you know we'll, we're happy to play we'll play for free like yeah, yeah. we'll bring all our own stuff and we'll be polite and tidy and, <laughs> yeah. but i think we just wanted to get out and we just wanted to play as much as possible just because as soon as we started it was like oh this is really fun yeah, yeah this yeah. is really good and everyone felt comfortable like really quickly with each other and yeah, I think just off the back of that first starting point of us just being like, go, 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 go. I think that's when we then started to get the opposite where people were asking us from higher up and people were asking us to do tour supports. And, yeah. and, you know, you go to there and then you get a whole new fan base. And then because of that, when you play a show by yourself, like more people come. And I think it was like a really good natural progression. I yeah. don't think anyone forced anything. And I don't think we tried to do anything too quick or slow. It was it was pretty much bang on. Like, I don't know how we did it. <laughs> it wasn't planned, like, at all. But it was good. I don't think it went well. And in terms of kind of, like, your first, like, tour, mm. like, I can, I can, I'm going to tell you this too, Stan, actually. So, like, the first tour that you guys did on your own. Yeah. And then the first... So what was the... F- I'm trying to think. I can't... So I, I I can never decide if it's one or the other. Yeah. Because we did two in quite quick succession. So we did um, we did a weekender when our first EP came out, and that was four shows. Yeah. Um, but it was just us. We didn't we didn't take anyone else with us, and um, we didn't support anyone. It was just a couple of shows. I think we I think they were our own shows. Like it was our headline weekender type yeah. of thing. Um, but that was just kind of all friends. The first show was in a bookshop in Bristol, Hydra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that sort of vibe. It was like, you know, play a laundrette or play a bookshop. <laughs> yeah. That sort of thing. And then the first, which I think is the first real tour we went on, was with, we supported a band called Broad Bay. Right. And um, we did sort of two weeks back to back and went all the way, like, from Brighton to Glasgow and everywhere yeah, in between yeah. sort of thing. Um, but that was, that was really fun. And I think that showed us the the fun side of touring. Yeah. Because when we first did it, it was quite, it was quite praying. It was like everyone's freaking out a little bit, just trying to be on time and trying to get there and like yeah, trying to yeah. organise and you know it's second nature now when we yeah, like yeah. when we leave for Munich tomorrow. Yeah. It'll be like you know everyone knows what to do. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the first one was like almost like having to tick a list off and be like, oh shit, <laughs> yeah. has everyone got everything? You got your socks and shit. Um, but the, I guess the first proper tours would brought me. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of that, like, because you say like quite a decent chunk for like a first tour yeah for sure so did you kind of like have any expectations of what it was going to be like did you kind of live up to those did you sort of i don't know did it kind of change your perspective of like what it was to be like a touring band i think it 
I, th- I never knew it could be so fun. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because when you think about it, it's like, fucking hell. Imagine just like every time you come home, just carrying an amp up and down your stairs a couple of times, <laughs> yeah. eating a banana, go sit in the garden for like three hours and then do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was always up for it because I was like, I want to play in as many places as possible, but I didn't realise like when you're with your mates, it's like, it's just being with your mates and it's just hanging yeah, out yeah. and that's the most important bit. In terms of living up to expectations, I don't think we had any because I don't think any of us had really toured before. Yeah. Um, Jordan's played in other bands before and I know Jared has, but no one's ever really done a or had done a proper tour and I think because Broadway had they kind of they kind of showed us the ropes a bit yeah yeah they were a bit like this is what we do and we're going to leave it this time and I oh, don't worry about that they'll yeah. have that and yeah and I think it was a good tour to do because there were some really good shows and there were some really bad shows <laughs> yeah Swindon in particular on that first tour was insane what wasn't good no real oh. bad real bad <laughs> Like, so, <clears throat> on that one, I think three people watched us. There was an opening band for that as well, which there was loads of people there for. They'd obviously brought all their mates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as we started, everyone left apart from, like, three of the dads of that band stayed to watch us. Not even the other band watched. Uh, Broadway had to, like, go sort something out at the time. I think a few of them caught the set. And then I had to leave there to get a train back to Brighton to work for one day oh, and then go fuck. back out to meet everyone because they wouldn't give me that one day off. Um, and then I ended up watching Broadbase there, getting drunk, f- missed the last train. So basically I had to sit outside Victoria until like 6am, got an hour train back to Brighton, which so it's then 7. I'd work at 9, so I went home for like an hour. <laughs> And then went to work. Uh, so I went home for an hour, went back, to, went to work, did a full day with all my tour stuff, yeah, like yeah. stinking like shit because it had already been like a week and it was like a proper like DIY floors tour. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we <laughs> got the train then from Brighton to Birmingham, which took like four and a half hours, five hours. Um, and then as soon as I got there, we were sound checking and then we played the show and then that was it. <laughs> and it was like it was just the worst point in time but it shows you those situations yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. this could happen and yeah. this is the worst version of it so here you go yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was good it was good and then obviously if we're kind of bringing up to up to date sort of thing yeah. had prying out for six months now yeah where did it come out 30th of August start yeah. September yeah end yeah. of August it yeah. came out yeah so like obviously off the back of that there's been a lot more kind of like publicity behind you guys a bit more of a buzz and stuff but like for you personally when was the kind of the moment that you sort of realised like oh shit like people are start, like people that aren't my friends are starting to pay attention <laughs> yeah. to my bands and sort of give a shit about about what we're doing oh, it's been a couple of good ones I think the Annie Mac thing was a bit like oh damn yeah like yeah. someone with a suit and tie wants to hear us <laughs> yeah. um, that was amazing that was so much fun um, I think yeah I think some of the sessions being in Kerrang magazine yeah. was like it's always i framed it it's on my wall that's it like i love it um yeah i think when it when it came to like publications and broadcasting i think when we were in a magazine and then we were on the radio um and the video got shared like videos got shared about a lot and the spotify stats went up yeah and yeah it's like you, you s- sort of slowly see it all happen and then there was that one little bit of time where it all kind of shot up like completely out of nowhere i think that was the point yeah i'd say animac that's yeah, my yeah. one cool and then in terms of like i guess growth of tours obviously like you're doing a headline tour now in europe you're doing mm. your own one in bigger venues in the uk mm-hmm. but like 
you've done tours supporting like Jamie Lenman, mm. like Touche, and like various other bands of of. I guess there's part of similar ilk to you, but like you're not. I guess if people were to say, "Oh, who's going to support Touche Amore?" Their first guess isn't going to be. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of course. Um, and similar to Jamie Lenman. Totally. In some so, like, from that aspect, like. I guess first and foremost, how did those kind of opportunities kind of come about? And like, do you feel that like, I, I know we spoke about it like in terms of like working with Christoph. Like yeah, yeah. Him being like militant tour, tour daddy. manager. Yeah, yeah. But like, did those kind of like help you then kind of in terms of what you wanted to do, like what you're doing this year sort of mm-hmm. thing? So with, this, with the supports, I think we kind of see ourselves as like the band that doesn't really fit anywhere yeah so we're like a utility belt band <laughs> so if you need yeah. a tour support we got you yeah like yeah, yeah. any band it is like we'll we'll go and we'll have fun and we'll play the best we can regardless of who it is and i, I think we're good at at sort of just being ourselves and yeah. i think that helps with tour support because the other bands see that and then they're like oh, okay cool you did a good job yeah yeah um i think in terms of how we work now we definitely learn a lot from doing those tour supports for sure just in terms of like what you can really ask for yeah um and what you should be getting yeah because yeah. we so like, like you like know your own worth sort of thing yeah exactly yeah. yeah like you can ask for that on a rider like if you want some water you can have some like yeah. that's okay <laughs> yeah. um and i think you know le- like i don't know yeah learning the boundaries like we did a lot on tour supports you know being with artists like jamie lemon and touche they've they've got to a point in their career where they know their shit and yeah, they, yeah. they know everything about it and they work with people that know their shit. Yeah. Like Christoph. Like, yeah. you know, you, you're around him for two seconds and you feel like you've learned something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think being in those environments is, it's not prepared us for our own talk because it's, it's always going to be different. But I think we've learned a lot doing that that we can use now. Yeah. And I think that's been a lot. And plus it gets you talking to other people like bigger promoters and booking agents and all of a sudden they start coming out and then that makes things a bit easier and yeah. all that sort of stuff and like in terms of the three of you as a band like obviously I've only got to know you over the last sort of like week and a bit but yeah. like I can already tell like everyone kind of has their role within the band sort <laughs> yeah. of thing. was that just something that kind of came naturally or like I don't know like was it something that was talked about like who would do what mm. like where did those kind of roles fit into things so I think we were all trying to because at the very start, I'd say the first week, like I was in my head, I was like, I'll just do it all. Don't, yeah, yeah, don't worry yeah. about it. If you guys can play, that'd be sick. And then things got busier and then we all started having a go. And then it's like something stupid. Like you don't realize three people have replied to the same person. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, fuck. Okay. And there did really come a point where it was just like, who's doing what? Because yeah. there's three of us. There's a lot of stuff to do. We've got to divvy this out now. And I think that's been sort of a an ongoing process for the last few years but I think we're at the point now where we know each other's strengths and we know each other's weaknesses yeah. um, and we know who's doing the most and who's doing the least so that's things get divvied out quite equally now um, and I think we've got we've got to a point where we're all quite comfortable with yeah, what we're yeah, doing yeah. and it just makes it easier it makes it easier on the brain it's just like you see all this stuff coming in it's just like well I know John's going to do that and yeah. you know we have to do something for this it's like oh jared has got that covered yeah, I'll just yeah. do my thing and I'll do that really well <laughs> like <laughs> that's cool yeah um, and then if we talk about Prang briefly I'm not going to go through like oh so what's the meaning behind it <laughs> and all this sort of malarkey but like in terms of like the response like it's been really fucking cool yeah. like as I said you've had like 
obviously the animac thing like various sort of like stuff online and various print publications mm. like but from like an inside perspective like what how has it kind of felt like seeing the response to that record i think like i can't remember the girl's name now the the one in paris um gabby no 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 the the girl who came up like you got you signed the cap and shit oh yeah 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 like to see that kind of side it's of things weird, isn't where, it? like, they've got like literally every inch of your merch sort of thing. Like, yeah. how has it kind of been to see it's, that? Side it's of been now? sick. It's been like, it's one of those things where you just really don't expect it. I don't know. Every band probably says that, but you really don't like. You don't think that someone's going to travel for hours, covered in your in stuff that you sell. Yeah, yeah. Sing knows every single word. Is right at the front the whole time. Is dancing around and then asks you to like get a pen out and sign something. Like, it's really odd. But I love it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of like, oh, cool. It's, we're doing something. We're doing a thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's going down well. And I think the response, specifically that we got for Prang, is giving us like that extra little boost. And it's like, well, if we can do this, then we can do this. Yeah, and then yeah, we can yeah. do that. And then we take over the world. <laughs> and I think, yeah, it's giving us a lot more hope. And it's, uh, it's kind of focused us a bit more. Because yeah. whereas before we were like, fuck it, if it goes well, we'll do it. And if it doesn't, yeah, yeah. then we'll keep doing it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now it's like, oh, it's going well. And we could do this and do even better. Or we can reach more people. Or we can go to new places. And... And that's the type of thing that really, I think, keeps the band going is is that hope or is that like, oh, well, we've got this far. We might as well go that far. And yeah, then we yeah, might yeah. as well go that far. And before you know it, you've taken like a huge leap from where you were. Um, but it's been amazing. I like, yeah. loved every minute of it, for sure. And like in terms of kind of, I guess, the one thing I did want to like, ask in terms of specifics with the record, like, yeah. I don't know, because like, when you look at it on the basis like just artwork and the word prang like it's a very kind of like tongue-in-cheek sort of thing yeah but like obviously some of the stuff you're like singing about is quite like meaningful in some aspects so i don't, I don't know i guess that's kind of been like from my perspective like a thing that's always been associated with your band is like okay we're we're a serious band but like we don't take ourselves too seriously. Yeah. So was that something that you wanted to outwardly kind of put across in this record? Because I think like first record, there's a tendency like you could have gone, oh no, we need to be a bit more professional now. Yeah. But you've kind of found that balance. Yeah. I don't think we've ever really consciously done it. Yeah. It was more like the, the way we had the name was like, we were pranging about making it. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, well, that's what it is. It's, it's prang. And yeah, then, yeah. you know, the album concept even sort of, stemmed from there it's like issues at home but it we wanted it to just be like it, it isn't just for us we don't want to give you something that's just like this is just my problems yeah yeah. yeah. what it's like this has to be for everyone and if you want to fill in your own gaps like paint by numbers like i think that's how it should be as sometimes i don't want to know the meaning of a song from another band because it will ruin my experience for yeah, it yeah yeah you know and i wanted that to be able to to come across and with the album and especially lyrically i think more and more stuff kind of got hidden metaphorically or you know you make it a, a bit more open and less specific um and i just wanted it to be like this is for everyone like we're having loads of fun and i want to keep doing this but we're not the black and white photo shoot like yeah, yeah. straight face like we're never going to be that band no. it just doesn't make sense do you yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah so and then just before we kind of wrap up like obviously something else that got announced i think was it the day before we left was download yeah which no offence, on paper, seems really weird that you're playing it. Utility band van. Exactly. <laughs> but, like, for, I guess, like, kind of, like, the metal kid inside of you and stuff like that, is it kind of, like, 
something that you're super stoked I'm on. I'm so stoked on it. <laughs> so stoked. It's like Deftones and Corn, and it's oh, it's gonna be so good. Yeah, I've I've always wanted to go, um, but it's always been quite far away from where I've been. I think yeah, Jared yeah. went like ten years ago, um, and he's really excited to watch Corn. They're like yeah, his favorite band. Yeah, ever. yeah, yeah. Um, but I I think I'm just I'm I'm more hyped to go. Despite the fact I've always wanted to, it's more like I love being in those situations where we shouldn't be. Yeah. Like we played Arc Tangent last year. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. we don't really have riffs. Yeah. Like you know, I make some squeaky noise, but that's as that's about as weird as we get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and the response we got from that was like sick. Like so many people coming up to us at the end of that um, Arc Tangent set, being like, "So glad to hear a chorus." <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my god, you repeated a section. That's sick. And I want the same thing from Download. I want to go to a place full of like metalheads and yeah, then be yeah. like, here's a really quiet song. Yeah. Like, yeah, you have to <laughs> like it. Like, no, I love it. I'm stoked for it. Cool. Um, Tom, how I like to round these off is to ask my guests what their favourite song is, but with a bit of a twist. Okay. So what's your favourite gender role song that you like to play live and why? Oh, that's a well good one. I really like Bubble. Yeah? Yeah, because... I get a minute to breathe because we like use the loops and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then it's the only time that Jordan's ever agreed to go do that, 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 that. <laughs> and I just love playing to that. And then the ending's like well big and fat, and I get to like rock out and not sing for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's my favorite. Yeah, cool, perfect, Tom. Thank you very much. Thank you. So there we have it, folks. Again, a massive thank you to Tom uh, for taking some time during the tour to have a little chat with me uh kind of didn't really have much of a choice because i kind of just shoved my microphones in front of him and we got chatting um but yeah it was really cool to to kind of get to know the guy a little bit more just on a personal level as well as just sort of like being in the band as well which was really cool um even though gender roles have just finished a european tour they are heading back out on the road uh at the tail end of march beginning of april uh around the uk uh, we'll put the list of dates in the description uh, of this episode along with all their various social media platforms where you can keep up to date with everything they're doing um, yeah and that's pretty much it for another week uh, as mentioned please go order the first issue of An Insight Magazine I will put a link in the description again of this episode um, but also uh, if this is your first time listening or if you're a regular listener listener please leave a rating subscribe review this show it really really does help and as especially as i said quit my job at the tail end of last year this is me now every little helps so the more exposure this gets the the better for me basically it's all about me um but yeah that's it for another week thank you again for uh joining me on the justin inside podcast and i'll see you soon